Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and thanks for joining me for today's show. On today's episode, I want to give a brief update about the AAPA conference that I just returned from, as well as talk about non-compete clauses or non-compete agreements that you may find in contracts if you potentially have to sign contracts throughout your career. This year's AAPA conference was held in Nashville, And my husband, Brian, joined me for a few days before the conference to be able to tour around Nashville, catch a concert at the Ryman, and then also visit his aunts that live a little bit outside of the city who we haven't seen for about a decade. When we visited them, we were able to catch up and go for a hike and see scenic overlooks of the area in Tennessee where they live in. That was very beautiful to see. I also had my first experience visiting a Bucky's. If you aren't familiar with Bucky's, a lot of southern states have these, and they're essentially giant gas stations combined with convenience store, combined with essentially a gift shop mixed with Walmart. They're just these huge giant buildings that have all sorts of interesting things in there. For example, they have different food like jerky or fudge and even barbecue. And then I saw on the shelves that they sold jars of things like quail eggs, okra, and pickled garlic, as well as pickled habanero garlic. It's truly an experience when you visit one of these. So if you're ever on a road trip or driving through a state that has a Bucky's, make sure that you stop. Not only were the expenses for the conference for me, business expenses, because I'm a independent contractor in my current role. But Brian and I also travel hacked this trip too. So we used Southwest points to cover flights. We also used Hyatt points to stay at a Hyatt in Nashville for a couple of nights when we were in town. One of the nights was covered with points and the other night was covered by redeeming my free annual night that I get by being a World of Hyatt credit card holder. We also use some points to cover our rental car cost. So if you aren't familiar with travel hacking, you can listen to the past episodes that I've done about travel hacking or check out blog posts online at my website, pathefiway.com, or feel free to send me an email with questions to pathefiway at gmail.com if you think you might be interested in starting to get into travel hacking as well. Then my husband flew out back home and then My friend and former colleagues joined me for the AAPA conference, and the conference was great. It was great to see a lot of other Minnesota PAs presenting different lectures on different medical topics, as well as other PAs in psychiatry or PAs that I know through social media. 
it was great to meet the exhibitors in the exhibit hall and talk with them about the different PA programs that they were representing or the different medication or products that they had. The PA program that I graduated from, DMU, Des Moines University, also hosted a meetup for us. So it was good to catch up with staff from that program, as well as other PAs that had graduated from there over the years, including a couple of my classmates. My state PA Society, MAPA, also hosted a meetup. And then there was also one for psychiatry PAs or PAs interested in psychiatry that was hosted by the Association of PAs in Psychiatry. So if you've never been to a PA before, it's definitely a fun experience, but it can feel like a lot and pretty overwhelming for people who run more on the introverted side, such as myself, because you start your days really, really early and then you're in conference, you are networking with people, having lunch with people, and then there's often meetups in the evening, go out for dinner, and so you're staying up way too late as well for several days in a row. So I feel like I'm still catching up after that conference. Next year's AAPA conference is scheduled to be held in Houston, Texas, so maybe I will see some of you there. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about non-compete agreements, otherwise known as non-compete clauses. And the reason why is because non-competes have been brought up in the news lately. Different articles online, different posts have been talking about non-competes, both at a national level as well as a state level for my fellow Minnesota PAs out there. So let's first review what a non-compete agreement is. A non-compete is usually a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs within your contract that describe how you would be prohibited from practicing medicine either in a certain radius of a location and or a certain specialty either during your employment with that employer or after your employment has ended with that employer for a period of time or potentially indefinitely. So if you break that down a little bit, you can see that there is a whole lot of wiggle room of how there can be variability between one PA's non-compete versus another or a physician's non-compete versus another physician or an NP because it all depends upon the words that are written by the practice and what the provider agrees to sign. The ideal number one rule about a non-compete clause is that you want to try to avoid signing a contract with one in it. And what that means is if you have a contract that states it, that you need to do your best to try to get it removed. So you can use phrases such as, I have been advised to not sign a contract that has a non-compete in it and see if they will go ahead and remove it for you. Or you can say our national organization as PAs, AAPA, recommends that we do not sign contracts that have non-compete clauses in them. If you are reviewing a contract and you don't see anything mentioned about a non-compete, you don't need to put a non-compete in place for you, obviously. You want to, again, try to avoid it as much as possible. So if they are not willing to remove the non-compete, you have a couple of options. One, you need to decide if you can live with the wording that is in there. Or two, you need to request them to make changes to it to be something that you could live with. It's really important that a non-compete have very specific details about both the length of time as it would be into effect. Would it be while you are working there? Or would it be potentially one year or two years or five years after you leave the place of employment? Or potentially both. 
and what specialty is the non-compete valid for? That is incredibly important for a few different reasons. The first is PAs like myself can switch specialties easily in medicine. NPs and physicians don't often as easily switch specialties. They still could theoretically. For example, a physician who's trained in general medicine might practice in the ER and or family medicine, or a nurse practitioner might practice in internal medicine with adults and potentially switch over to ER or surgery. So you need to clearly know if it's for any specialty whatsoever, or is it only the specialty that you will be working in through that employer? I can share a story of one of my friends that unfortunately ran into a non-compete issue. She was practicing in general medicine in a very rural area part of our state, and then she was wanting to transition into a specialty. While her non-compete was so restrictive that she couldn't even switch specialties within this large radius, I feel like it was right around 20 to 30 miles of this smaller rural city that she was trying to practice in. So that would be an example of a very restrictive non-compete. Maybe if the non-compete had read that she can't switch from family med to another clinic that is also family med within a two to five mile radius, maybe she could have found either a family med clinic 10 miles away or again, go into a specialty easier. So remember any non-compete clause that you ultimately sign, you have to feel as though you can live with it. So a couple of pieces of information that I have come across about non-competes is that the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is expected to vote in 2024 on whether or not non-compete clauses should be banned. Additionally, on a local level in Minnesota, I came across an article that said that Minnesota becomes the fourth state to ban non-competes. So there was a recent bill that had some legislation around banning non-competes within our state. The other states that have done so are California, North Dakota, and Oklahoma. It sounds as though locally in Minnesota, this law would not be retroactive. So if you are currently practicing under a non-compete, it would still be valid. And it applies to contracts starting in July. So during this episode so far, you have likely caught on as to some of the reasons why you should care about not signing a non-compete, but I want to go through a few points as to why non-competes are bad not only for healthcare providers, but also for patients. So I'll run through a list here so you can understand the importance of these things. The first thing is that non-competes actually restrict the choices that a patient can make about their healthcare. If a provider that has a non-compete has to leave their place of employment, and the patient can't follow them, then they don't have a say in choosing the healthcare provider that they want to see if that's the person they want to see. This disrupts the relationship between the provider and the patient, and ultimately the patients can have a hard time trusting a new healthcare provider or the healthcare system as a whole. Non-competes also reduce access to healthcare. So let's take the example of my friend who is practicing in a rural area of our state. She wanted to switch specialties, and because her non-compete was so restrictive, she couldn't provide medicine in that area. She ultimately ended up leaving. So if you think about that, think of how it's restricting 
access of the patients in that area to see that provider. Restricting access can lead to longer wait times, increased travel distances, and limited access to healthcare in general. Additionally, non-competes can inhibit the professional growth and innovation of certain providers. So for example, if a surgeon or a surgical PA is trying to learn different and new techniques and they're unable to expand their knowledge because of their non-compete or potentially learn alongside someone in the same field within the same area, then it hinders their professional growth overall. Non-competes also increase healthcare costs. And this is because that non-competes can lead to lack of market competition within the area. And that means that the cost of healthcare can be driven up and be more expensive for patients as well as insurance providers. I've touched on this point a little bit already, but non-competes limit continuity of care. So when a healthcare provider is forced to leave either the physical area or the specialty area of where they're practicing in, those patients often have to start over with a new healthcare provider, and that can lead to potential gaps in their treatment or potentially have their care suffer. Non-competes reduce the overall autonomy that providers have. For example, they can limit the provider's career options and constrain the ability to be able to choose where and how they want to practice medicine. Providers could potentially not be able to make the best decision for themselves and for their patients. Non-competes also hinder the recruitment of healthcare providers. So if an organization has very restrictive non-compete clauses, many healthcare providers will refuse to sign them, and ultimately the recruitment of them for that organization will suffer. This can mean that there can be a greater shortage of the healthcare providers in that organization. That can obviously lead to more stress and potentially more burnout amongst the ones that are there. After you have practiced medicine for a few years, you can definitely identify that medicine and healthcare are definitely a business, not just trying to help the patient. And so non-competes raise the question about ethical concerns. Sure, organizations are all about trying to keep and retain the staff that they have so that they don't have to hire new ones and have a lot of costs with that too, or lose a lot of patients that follow a healthcare provider. That was why non-competes were set in place originally. But how ethical are they? Ultimately, non-competes take away the ability to prioritize the patient's healthcare, the patient's well-being, and instead prioritizes the business of healthcare while restricting the patient's access to care that they would like to receive. So I hope to see much more progress with non-competes eventually being banned overall within the field of healthcare because it's ultimately better care for our patients and selfishly better for us as providers to be able to work where we want, when we want, and how to practice medicine the way that we want as well. If you found the information in today's episode interesting and helpful, I would very much appreciate a review on the podcast player that you are listening to this on, or you can share this episode with a friend or colleague as well. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. 
please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.